I've chosen to share a message with you based on the Old Testament lesson for this Sunday. That's found in Isaiah 30, 15 through 19. And I know that it was already read, but I don't think this is going to be a real long sermon. And nobody should complain about me reading the Word, right? Anybody complaining about that? See me after the service. Isaiah 30, 15 through 19. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we'll flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, no, we'll ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you'll all flee. Till you're left like a flagstaff on a mountain, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Where is your strength and salvation? Where is your strength? What is the source of the strength that you claim and would apply to your daily life? And what is your salvation? Or maybe in whom is your salvation? God declares through the prophet Isaiah, in repentance and rest is your salvation. And in quietness and trust is your strength. In repentance and rest is your salvation. It's an interesting word that Isaiah uses here as he speaks the Word of God to the people. The word he uses here is not the word that is normally used, at least in the New Testament, to to, uh, describe the word repentance. The word metanao in the Greek literally means to turn or to change direction. Repentance is commonly referred to as a change in the heart of a person, a spiritual change, so that they do change direction, spiritually speaking, turn from following Satan to following the Lord. But the word that he uses here is a word that does mean to turn away, but it means to turn a people from their allegiance to a sovereign. And it can also mean to pervert. And I find that very interesting. In fact, I think in Israel's case, that first word is a better word to use because God has been their sovereign. He reminds them of that fact in verse 15 as he refers to himself as the sovereign Lord, as the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah prophesied in the southern kingdom after Israel had separated into a northern and a southern kingdom. The largest numerically was the northern kingdom. Ten of the the, uh, people of Israel, or the tribes of Israel, I should say, 
gone with the northern kingdom. They claimed the name Israel for themselves. They were also commonly referred to as the northern kingdom. They, in 19, or excuse me, 930 B.C., declared independence from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And those two tribes came to be known as the southern kingdom. They had Jerusalem, the capital, as their place, their focus, if you will. Now, Israel, the northern kingdom, had apostatized much earlier than Judah. In fact, in 722, Israel, the northern kingdom, fell to the Assyrians. Isaiah was called by God to prophesy in the southern kingdom. And he prophesied from approximately 739 to 681. Israel, the northern kingdom, had stepped on the slippery slope of apostasy. And now Judah was also doing the same. They had been warned, called, or Isaiah, excuse me, had been called to warn them of the unavoidable consequences of their, of their faithfulness. He called them to a repentance, to a turning that involved a turning from Satan, the prince of this world, to the sovereign God. And such repentance was really a turning back again. They'd been called to return to God before. They had turned and gone Satan's way, and now he's calling them back again. Kind of a rags to riches. No, riches to rags to riches story, I suppose, in that sense. In repentance... And rest is your salvation. I looked up the word rest in the Webster Dictionary. Rest is defined as a state of quiet or repose. A rest can also be a shelter, a place of safety, if you will. That upon which something would lean or someone would lean to find shelter. And it also means to be tranquil. Peace, that's the settledness of spirit that we experience when we realize God isn't against us, that He has come seeking us and would restore us to relationship with Him. And He's done it through the finished work of His Son. I'm sure you're glad I'm not God. Because I don't think I could give my son for you. I'm just being honest. God gave his only son. Jesus experienced a humiliation the likes of which, again, we cannot fully understand. Think of it. He left the glory and splendor of heaven, the worship of the angels, His rightful place. He came to earth as a man. Lived among us as a man. And then went to the cross. And died in your place, in mine. And he did that, that we might be bought back, redeemed to God. That there might be in that action, the gift of repentance given to us. That we might turn. Follow Him. 
to know that there really is peace between us and God because he's taken out, out of the way, that which he would hold against us, namely our sin, that he would cover us in the righteousness of Jesus. I think of Isaiah 26, and I, and I learned it in the King James Version, so that's how I'll speak it. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth thee. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Thou wilt keep him not just in peace, but in perfect peace, when our minds are stayed on thee. When we trust in the Lord. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, we read, The steadfast of mind thou wilt keep in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. And I think of Psalm 18, verse 2, that says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my shelter, my rest. He is my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield horn of my salvation, my stronghold. That's why I have peace. I have a stronghold that not Satan or anyone else in the world can break down. And so we are called, as in Psalm 37, 7, to rest in the Lord and to wait patiently for Him Do not fret for him who prospers in his way because the man carries out wicked schemes. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Psalm 116, verse 7. The preacher in Ecclesiastes 4 says, Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. I like that. Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. Striving. Not at peace. Not at peace. In turmoil. God is our Savior who would call us to repentance and to find our salvation in Him, says, I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest. And Jesus Himself in Matthew 11, beginning at verse 28, writes, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I feel a sense of peace and rest just listening to those words, just speaking those words out loud as he would call me to his rest. That he would call me to yoke myself to him and to learn from him and to experience rest for my soul. Think of that in contrast to what Isaiah says in verses 16 and 17. And you said, no, we'll, 
flee on horses. We'll go our own way. We'll make our own decisions. We'll set our own standards. We'll find peace through our efforts. We'll find salvation our way. We'll align ourselves politically with the right country. Judah was at this time seeking an alliance with Egypt. A lot of good it did for them. (laughs) We'll flee on horses. And the Lord says, therefore, you will flee. Such peace. No peace. With running. (laughs) We'll ride on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. You won't outrun them. You won't find peace under any efforts. You won't find it under any alliances. You won't find it in any other religious system or philosophical ideas. You find it only in the Lord God. And He has paid the ultimate price to offer you His peace. He says a thousand will flee at the threat of one. We were, my wife and I were watching um, an episode of the TV show Heartland. And somebody, somebody shot um, in this episode, just shot into the air. And they were trying to capture a, a, a herd of wild horses. Man, they just took off. They fled. Such is our peace, such is our rest, such is our strength, such is our salvation if we trust in us, if we trust in others with us, or if we trust in some other set of values, some other way of thinking. There is no peace, there is no rest, there is no salvation. At the threat of one, you'll, you'll flee, a thousand of you. At the threat of five, you'll all flee. And then he says, till you're left like a flagstaff on a mountain. Picture that scene. Picture that sight in your own mind. Like a flagstaff on a mountain. Pretty lonely. Very lonely. And this is where our choosing our way our living by whatever values we choose will lead us. And we'll be like a flagstaff on a mountain, like a banner on the hill. Yet, look at that word in verse 18. Yet, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Blessed are all who wait for him. I think of another passage in the book of Isaiah, (coughs) chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and he will not grow tired or weary. His understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, (coughs) and young men stumble and fall. But 
those who hope or those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. <coughs> Excuse me. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. <coughs> on a certain trip into the boundary waters, and I've made a number of them, we paddled into a lake known as Brule Lake, and it's a big, big lake. And we decided we'd stay on an island because that campsite was available. And we thought, what a great place because it was on the west side of the lake and it just gave us that beautiful vision of, of this big lake and all of the beautiful land uh, around it. We finished up supper and there was still an hour and a half or two hours left before it would start turning dark. And so my buddy Steve and I got into my canoe and we decided we'd paddle around and do a little bit of exploring. And we thought we'd start first going around that island. And that's what we did. We paddled around the island until we got all the way around. And it was a very narrow channel, maybe 20, 25 feet wide. As we made our way back to the east. And all of a sudden, the panorama of the lake began to open before us. And we never said a word to each other. But I remember, because I was in the back of the boat, Steve and I both picked our paddles up and just laid them on our laps and enjoyed that beautiful view. All of a sudden, there was noise and activity off to our right. And a mature bald eagle jumped out of, the, of a dead tree that was right there by the water. And he started flapping those big burdensome wings. And he flapped and he fell and he flapped and continued to fall until he was only a few feet above the water surface and he finally had gathered enough air in his wings to be able to get up and go and he began to fly higher and higher and higher until in a very short time he was 3,000 feet above us just a small speck he quit quit flapping his wings and he just held them out and began to soar. I remember being envious of that creature. Watching him just effortlessly soar and wishing I could do the same. In a spiritual sense, that's what God provides for those who will wait on Him, who will hope on Him, who will practice daily repentance, and who will trust in Him and follow in obedience where He would lead. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. And so I ask you again this morning, where is your strength and salvation? This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says in repentance, in turning to God, and in rest, in trusting Him as your fortress. That's where you find salvation. And in quietness and in trust, in just practicing a daily faith, this is your strength. He says, but you would have none of it. I'm saying to you today, have all of it. 
Come on. That rest, that strength, that salvation that only he can provide and that he graciously has provided for each of us. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the salvation that you provided for us. Thank you for the repentance that you work in our hearts. That we might turn and begin to follow you, to walk in your way. Thank you, Lord, that you become our rest, our shield, our fortress. That you quiet our hearts and give us that peace that passes understanding. That you enable us to trust in you. That we might truly have all that we need in repentance and in all these other gifts that you give us because you are a gracious God. Bless each of us to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.